0: This Christmas was quite an experience for my wife and I. We were able to have our youngest daughter and her two children with us. Their husband, he's deployed right now somewhere out in the Pacific on a ship. Um, But it was wonderful. It was wonderful having them here with us because we were able to celebrate Christmas with them. Because of my occupation, Christmas Eve's always there. So it's hard to get away. But when they come to our place, it's fabulous. And just the joy, again, it's almost like it gets repeated. I was able to watch as a parent, watch my kids open these gifts. Now I get to watch my grandchildren open their presents. And it's so cool because not only do I get to watch the reaction of my grandchildren but I also get to watch the reaction of my daughter watching her children. So it, it's a fabulous. It was wonderful. And I think one of the things that really stood out was there was one gift in particular that my grandson wanted, and that was a Lego set. Uh, he the, the guy is incredible. He he can take Legos and on an age category far older than him. And he can put them together just very, very quickly. And what he does is he creates these, he builds them, and then he displays them in his room. And Legos have changed dramatically since I was a kid. When I was a kid, they were, yeah, they came in sets, but they, they didn't look good as nearly what they look like today. For us, however, we, what we did is when we got Legos, we didn't ever build the set that you were supposed to. We ended up taking all the Legos and throwing them in this container, and then we would, when we wanted to play with them, we would dump them out, and we would always be building something new. Uh, I remember we would build buildings, uh, we would play westerns, uh, cowboys and Indians, all that kind of stuff. And while I was reflecting on this, the Lego situation, it made me stop and think about our beliefs. And sometimes our religious beliefs, and this can tie far more than just religious beliefs. It could be political, psychological, um, uh, cultural issues. When it comes to our beliefs, and, and I want to focus, however, on religious beliefs. When it comes to our beliefs, just like those Legos, we all are building something. We're constructing something. As children, if you're raised in a, a family that is religious and they are intentional in passing those beliefs that they hold on to, the parents, onto the children, it is very intentional. What's amazing though is it's not like they come and tell you, let me teach you about the doctrine of atonement. You don't do that to children. Instead, you teach them stories. And those stories lay a foundation upon which over time they can be built upon and added to. But at the very beginning, it's very simple. However, it is still a form of indoctrination. Those stories have a lesson behind them. And as simple as that lesson might be, as you just share it with your children, it's still there. You're instilling upon them a certain value, certain beliefs. And and if you do it just in your home, that's one thing. But if on top of that, you go and you are part of a spiritual community, a church, a Christian church, let's say, then you're reinforcing it once a week or perhaps even more than that. So this process of building over time takes place. And when that takes place, again, it starts out very simple because that's all a young person can receive. That's all they are able to comprehend. But as they grow, as they age, things begin to shift. And Melanie Mudge, in an article she wrote, she catches this essence. Listen very carefully. When we are young... Our knowledge and experiences are limited. So the simple paradigms are all we need to explain and understand them. But as we experience and learn more, we come into contact with information that is completely outside of our paradigms or possibly even clashes with them. When that happens, we have to rethink everything we thought we knew, and hopefully find a way to make it all make sense. So what is Marcia saying? I mean, Melanie saying, I think it's very simple. It starts out very simple, but over time, at some point, at some point in time, there will be exposure to new information. And again, there's this paradigm that is the beliefs are built upon. But then all of a sudden, you're exposed to something that you never saw before. You have an experience, and that experience affects how you look at your beliefs. And that is either intentional or unintentional. It can, it can happen. And at that moment, you have to make a choice. You have to either choose to continue to explore Take this new information. It's almost like coming to a fork in the road. And you can continue straight or you can veer off to one side. Well, if you choose to veer off in one side, you're going into uncharted territory. The majority of people are going to continue walking straight. But if you veer off, you might end up on your own. On a road less traveled. Or... If you choose not to do that exploring, you can ignore that experience, you can ignore this new information and continue in your set of beliefs. I saw this firsthand. I used to be a professor at a very conservative liberal arts religious college. And one of the professors that I worked with in the English department, he, they, they wanted the administration wanted him to get his PhD. So he went down to the local university and enrolled in a class. And the class he enrolled in was Bible and Literature. A few weeks into the course, I stopped in and asked him, how are you doing? How's things going for you? And he said, I think I'm going to drop out. I said, why? He says, I just don't think it's for me. I'm getting exposed to things that I didn't know about. And how I used to read the Bible, and how now I'm being exposed to another way of reading the Bible as literature, and not necessarily seeing all the events as being factual, as being historical events, he says it's really troubling. And he says, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to put my beliefs through that kind of questioning. I, no, no judgment on him. But he made a choice. He never pursued his PhD. Within a few years, he resigned and went and had a different occupation um, in the same denomination. It was powerful for him because he came to that point where he got exposed to new information and he chose not to pursue it. He stayed with what had been given to him. So what is it? What causes individuals to ignore the new information To ignore the new experiences and stay firm in their belief system. Well, First of all, I think it comes back to one's culture, one's environment. There's there's power in peer pressure. There's power in familial, within a family pressure. I remember when I was getting ready to leave for seminary and my dad pulled me aside and he said to me, he said, Tony, whatever you do, don't let him change you. My dad went through high school. That was it in his education. I was getting ready to go to seminary, master's. This was brand new to him. He didn't even know nothing about it, but he knew enough that if his son went someplace And get exposed to new information, new understanding that it could alter and change who I was. So he gave me the warning, be careful, Tony. If an individual such as my colleague, the English professor, if you remain firm in what you do, for those who are part of your community, you are lauded, you are praised Because you've remained firm to the faith. You've remained strong. You have not allowed the winds of change, the waves of change to to rock you. You're strong in your beliefs. However, if you go a different direction, you feel the pressure from the family. An interesting study was done, and I cannot remember when or where I read this, but a study was done, and it put children in a sandbox. And they were all playing together. But then one of the children got out of the sandbox and started playing outside of it. Initially, as, the, as they were watching, those in the sandbox, they tried to coax this renegade back into the sandpit. Over time, they continued it, but when they realized that nothing was going to bring this renegade back, they begin to ignore him. They begin to shun him. There is a great deal of peer pressure and pressure from family to stay part of the tribe, to be one of us. I experienced that. When I chose to leave the denomination that I was a part of, that I had been a part of for 35 years, the denomination that I was third generation of, I remember the pressure that I felt inside But that pressure not only was from me, but it also was toward my wife and my daughters. My wife got emails. She got comments encouraging her to divorce me, to leave me, because I was walking away from the truth. Unfortunately, my daughters were their friends. Some of them they could no longer play with. They could no longer... Their friends couldn't associate with her because they could be a bad influence upon their children. And so there is one reason why people, when they're exposed to new information, when they are, are, have an experience and it doesn't align with what they believe, that they just double down. And, they, and they, that's all they can do because they want to continue to belong and that brings us to the second reason. And that is a sense of oneself. One writer said, Our beliefs are so often intertwined with how we define ourselves as people that we can't distinguish between our beliefs and ourselves. It's like, whoop, they're one and the same. So if those beliefs are called into question then all of a sudden, your your identity is called into question. I mean, I was, if you asked me to tell you who I was back then, um, one of the things you would hear is that I belonged to this denomination. That's who I was. So it was very easy. I mean, that's part of who, it's all I knew. And so when that begins to shift and you realize that you no longer fit in, it's hard. I remember one time being called into the president's office at the university, the college where I was teaching. And he said to me, to me he said, Manir, you know, you're like a, a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. I mean, you're talking about not belonging anymore. You, you feel like this outsider, But that's external. For me, the same thing was happening inside. All of a sudden, who was I? My parents, my siblings, my extended family, they all belong to this denomination. So what happened to me? Would I still fit in? Who was I? And I think for a lot of people, when their beliefs are questioned, and again, the, I'm focusing primarily on religious beliefs, but this is far more than that, especially in the political climate we are today. For an individual to shift from being a stalwart Republican or Democrat to the other, what is called the other side now, it, it, it's hard because your identity is at stake. And then comes our third reason, and it's very simple, homeostasis. Well, what is that? Homeostasis is a dynamic physiological state of equilibrium or stability. It's a steady state of conditions. Now, within each, and every, each one of us, in that lower primitive part of our human brain, There is a part of our brain that maintains homeostasis in ways that we are not consciously aware of. It's responsible for keeping us breathing, for our heart rate, our blood pressure, our body temperature, our energy balance via our appetite, and a variety of endocrine processes. There is a part of your brain that's in charge of that. And what it wants more than anything is to maintain a sense of balance. And when you get out of balance, the body will do what it can to restore it. Fortunately, we live in a society today that has medical resources that can aid in that process. But the body in its core wants to maintain homeostasis, a sense of balance, a sense of a steady state of existence. Well, now think about cognitive homeostasis, your way of thinking. The same thing happens. We want a stable, familiar approach to processing information about our world. It's how we it's how we manage, it's how we get through every day. You believe certain things about certain situations, about certain types of people, of certain about yourself, even. And as long as you can maintain that homeostasis, you feel good, you feel comfortable, you feel safe. But when that new experience or new information comes in, What happens is instead of being in this balance, all of a sudden it's like, whoop, you're off now. Well, for a lot of people, they can't deal with that. And this is not an accusation against that. So instead of dealing with that information, they just restore balance again. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to ignore that new information or experience. See, within us, in our belief systems, you ready for this? There is a natural resistance to change. I don't care how open-minded you say you are. There's a part of you that doesn't want change. There may be some areas where, yeah, you can change. You're more apt to change. But there's certain areas, if 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 they hit the right button for you, it'll trigger you. And you want to stay the same. You want to stay where you were. And it happens with children, with Santa Claus, and it happens with adults with religious beliefs. They want that stability because their stability helps them manage and get through life. And if that shifts for them, it throws life into turmoil. There's no certainty anymore. There's chaos. And so our body and our brain will want to restore that balance again. So it makes sense for these reasons that I just shared with you why we choose to not change why we will continue to believe something even when a doubt is created in our mind, how we come up with a way of allowing that doubt to dissipate, be set aside, so we can keep on with what we know, with what's familiar. And there are individuals, including myself, who come to a point... Where they can't ignore it anymore, and as painful and as hard as it is to go through this process of re-examining what it is you believe, what your values are, what's your core principles in which you're going to operate and get through life, some people, including myself, come to a point where they realize I just can't ignore it anymore. Today, over the last few years, we call that deconstructing. <laughs> and, man, there's controversy around that. There's one side of religion, more on the conservative side, that you know, is seen as being wrong. How can you walk away from the truth? How can you deconstruct the truth? And then on the other side, you have a more liberal side of Christianity that's encouraging the deconstructing. So that, hey, come join us. Come play for our team. I, man, it's because of what I went through. I am very careful and very slow to encourage anyone to go through deconstruction. Now, if that's something they want to do, they're determined to do, I'm willing to walk with them. I'm willing to make that journey with them because I've been through that. I'm willing to help them in whatever way I can as far as giving encouragement. But I'm not going to encourage people to go into an area they're not ready to go. One of the history professors I worked with, he said to me, he said, you got a problem. (laughs) I can still remember hearing his voice. You got a problem, Manir." He says, you bring in the the horses to the trough, and you're forcing them to drink. He was right. I was young, I was naive, new professor, and I was forcing students into an area they weren't ready to go. I learned. So next week, we're going to look at those individuals who are willing or have come to a point in their life where they have to re-examine their beliefs and they begin that process of deconstruction. I I don't know where you are in the journey. If you're right now in your life, you need to stay where you are, then stay where you are. If you're in the process of rethinking your beliefs, perhaps you can find assistance here. Whatever you whatever you decide, you will be okay. Find someone that is willing to be there with you and judge you, and not judge you. And if you ever need assistance, I'm here. Church of the Beatitudes is here. So in the meantime, whatever you're doing, stay safe out there and have yourself a wonderful day and a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. Take care.